This week on Sidetracked, we cover the news, talk valve angles, and tap knuckles on Plastic Fantastic. Stay with us. Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, sidetracked with Armstead and Push, brought to you by the Second Baptist Bar and Grill, your exorcism specialist. And we're back, yet another episode of Sidetracked, and I am back again this week after that wonderful, illustrious vacation. Thank you, Nathan Drob, for... Filling in for me as I start a new career and uh, part-time work, but that's about all I've ever done. You guys know that. So, my name's Armstead. My name is Posh. My name is Meyer. Holy cow, we got the whole gang together here, and we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think we're going to have a... I hope we cover it quick, but we got plenty to pack into this one. God, the, and you. I talked to you, what, 10.30 last night? Yeah. And we're kind of going, what are we going to cover? And we pulled up some topics, and then Facebook exploded Oh my God, today. And I couldn't even keep up on it, just I don't have time when I'm out mowing grass to, <laughs> to Facebook, because Facebooking and driving a tractor with a 15-foot bat wing around uh, pre- precision said uh, aeronautical devices does not work out well, I've you, been told. You mean they don't have, like... You know, RTK signals for them things? No, I wish. That'd be really, really nice. <laughs> Auto steer, but God. 100 plus acres of lawn mode today between two guys. 15 foot at a shot. That was, uh, it was a long day, but no, Facebook exploded on, oh my God, we wanted material. And I guess everybody must have heard us through the phone and uh, yeah. through the phone taps, you know plenty to talk about and hopefully we can even record the show in the severe thunderstorm that's bearing down upon us at this hour doesn't knock the power out here at one half radio plaza yeah you'll have that on the big jobs everybody take a drink we're back (laughs) (laughs) actually for the first time there is not a single beer sitting out at one half radio plaza right now life media studios i've got a bottle of water it's it's unprecedented stone sober episode for the first first bet. time ever. Well, yeah, <laughs> first we're bet. not we're not done. So I, I'm scared. <laughs> I I am too. So this sounds like shit in ten minutes. We all know what to do, right? <laughs> oh gosh! So we had some polls this weekend. Did we ever? Well, yeah. you did. I didn't. No, yeah, you were you were down. Uh, I was down where you think Georgia. It's hot. I was down where you think it's hot here. <laughs> <laughs> Not hey, that was all your idea to go down to the south for uh, a vacation. Yes, wow, well, such as it was. He was, down, he was down there zip lining or whatever the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think DTF is monitoring that now. Isn't that one of the new controlled substances? <laughs> Tell you what, that wasn't much of a vacation. I didn't getting down there sucked my flight was supposed to leave detroit at 250 and because of weather like we're having today i didn't leave metro airport until nine i spent eight f- hours at metro <laughs> detroit airport 
not a happy traveler. Well, that's fine. We need it. God, do we ever oh, we need, need it around here? We need the rain. No question. And the problem is what we've got, it isn't even coming near satisfying any of the no. crops out there. No. I'm surprised they're looking as good as they are in the area. And, uh, as, you know, got to say a prayer for the farmers. They feed America and crop prices are going to be going up at the rate we're going because it's not pretty here in Michigan. No, we're getting we're getting some. The whole area is getting rain tonight, which is good. And we got some the other night, but. We're still way behind on the year. Oh, it's it's uh, of horrible. Of course, when we say tonight, we mean last night or right. Yeah. Something. Well, and, and the the worst part is that the rain that we have been getting is the worst possible kind. It's just comes down in buckets. It's a gully washer. It doesn't soak in. No. Just, yeah. That, yeah that's the, just it. Just runs off into the ditches. That's it. We were mowing today, and you know, there's a little bit of hanging water, but you couldn't even tell it rained. It was still yeah. powder out there, so. But enough on the weather. Let's talk pulling. I think that's what we do here. I don't know. I had a week off. Are we still doing that? Or yeah, so far, so far, so good. I, I actually decided to show up to a poll this year. The network hasn't flipped yeah, formats you did. yet. So yeah, we'll get to that one. I was over in Florence, Ontario, on Friday for uh, Southwestern's event over there, and uh, got the first hour of the program in and. Thunderstorms were looming the whole time, but the guy, I got to give credit to the pullers. The show was booking it right along. I mean, we were knocking it out. We were about halfway through the program within an hour. So everybody was on site, ready to go. Nobody, we weren't waiting on anybody. And we call, you know, we got done with the limited pro stock class, which is a different than what our limited pro stock is right. over here. And, uh, we go, hey, we're going to call a rain delay for now, and we're going to see. And for about the first 15, 20 minutes, it was just spitting, just enough to annoy you. And we're like, oh, Hank, we might get away with this one. And then it dumped. And then it dumped. And for an hour straight, it just dumped, and we probably got about an inch, inch and a half in a matter of an hour. So they canceled the tractor pull and started a mud bog. <laughs> yep, and I know uh, thumb tractor pullers up in Ubley, they got uh, they delayed a little bit and were able to get their program in yes, on did. Friday. So I haven't heard much out of there other than the super stock trucks. Um the results from that class. Um, Actually, the results. I did hear there is some uh, damage done up in Ubley this weekend. Uh, the Wetter Wisniewski team, uh, I do believe, dropped a valve and uh, took out their motor. Have not heard from Mark. I'm sure he'll Facebook me uh, and let me know. He's normally pretty good about listening to the show, and we thank all our listeners. 80 of you guys, I can't believe it. We're breaking records here. We're hoping for double digits within the next month. <laughs> Actually, I was on Tom's webpage earlier today, and they did have the results up probably. So, Well, we're not a results reading show. but No, not going to. I'm just going to have a look down through and see if something. Andrew Van Pamel went in in Pro Street yep, Trucks. Yep, he got cool. the Pro Street Trucks. Uh, great Ford win there. Um, I do believe Bob Shout was up in the top... Uh, Top two, I believe Richard Kalisak got the win in the V8 Hot Rod class, and Bob yep. Shelt coming in second. So that's two back-to-back really good runs Really good runs, and I don't know how much you talked about uh, Bob out in Port Hope last week, but them new tires are really making a difference yeah. for him. Finally getting the power of the ground with that Ford power plant and uh, really disrupting things. It's been a bow tie affair 
for how many years now the blue ovals now knocking on the door again yeah i think i'd have to go back and actually pull sheets if they if they still exist somewhere i think we got to go back to ron brinkman and his wedgehead dodge probably four or five years ago the last time a non-chevy won nv8 hot rods here yeah so it's it's really cool to see and you know i i don't know if it's still a flying grinder i just i think we might as well still call it the flying grinder i haven't been told it's any different no so but uh getting the win up there he's he's been fighting with it a long time and you know what we got two big ford bullets right now that are going to be a threat and as soon as uh wayne clark gets his dialed in and nailed down you know, he'll be right there in the mix, too. I think Wayne's got the horsepower. His problems are in the chassis. Yeah, he's have been fighting a lot of chassis issues with it. So, looking forward to seeing that. So, uh, yep, that's about how I feel today. I know you're <laughs> in the same boat. We had two 12s, and this guy went to the beach. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tomorrow I can do my third 12-hour shift of the week. <clears throat> Banker's hours? What are those? Right? Well, you make the millions like you do, you know. I mean, come on. If we're measuring in, like, shekels or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to be out in Burville, and I guess we might as well hit on that. I'm sure you had Nathan drop, plug it a little bit. But the Burville three-day event happening this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, we're going to start out with the tractor pulls. Saturday, dirt drags starting at noon. Bump and run at 4. Figure eight at eight, and we're gonna have tug of war and burnout contest in the mix there. Also, uh, I do believe uh, we'll have one of them between the dirt drags and the bump and runs, then another one between the bump and runs and the figure eight. Just while they do the track prep and moving uh, material around, get everything set. So that'll be a great day. And then the mud bogs on Sunday, always a good time out there. Probably the one of the best beer pet tents around. It's known as a pregame for Armada for a reason. You want to throw back beer, this is a place to go. Nice, inclo- long, enclosed pavilion there, and it's always hot, so it makes the beers taste better. It's, that's a fact, always hot. And then, uh, well, we forgot I had a poll I need to discuss. Meyer finally showed up to his first poll of the season halfway through the season. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. For all of 20 minutes. I was there at least a half hour. <laughs> spent more, you spent more time getting there. Yeah, well, that may have been kind of the point. <laughs> Showed up to the Mid-Michigan Mini Pole up in uh, Snover two-day event for them. And uh, had a great turnout, great time. Everybody kept telling me. I had the obligation Saturday, so I couldn't make it up there for the Saturday, Saturday session. But everybody told me I missed out on a great time. They didn't quit dance. The DJ didn't quit playing. Everybody didn't quit dance until 3 o'clock in the morning. So I was expecting to get up there Sunday morning and body strewn everywhere, but I guess they woke up. They scraped them guys out in the bean field so that way they wouldn't disturb the pole and made it look better for passersby. So. They're still dancing at 3 a.m. You have not consumed enough. <laughs> <laughs> or you're in... Or you're on something. <laughs> or you're fueled by alcohol. <laughs> right? There's a few uh, throbbing heads. I was passing out aspirin like meth around Port Huron. So. <laughs> so, but uh, no, great pull up there. I believe they had 58 hooks on Saturday and 58 on Sunday. So not a bad turnout for them. Thanks to the to the Gertzenberger family for uh, welcoming us onto their uh 
farmstead and uh building the track and uh letting everybody come play for the weekend great turnout uh john smith had his v8 high ride out there wow there's some things to talk about with that tractor yep we'll get to that later yep save that for our Yep. Another it's gonna be another tech geek week. Yeah. So we've got a busy week again coming up here. Oh my god, what did we do booking this week? Yeah, we're kinda all over the place. You and uh Sidekick Job are gonna be covering things for the Thumb Tractor Pulling Association at Burville for the Lions three day. I will be in Minden City for the other half of Thumbs classes for, for the first two nights there. Um then you're gonna come join me on Saturday night for for round two up in Minden City. Uh, then we have to somehow extricate ourselves from that venue, drive as far as we can, hopefully get some sleep, and then make our way to Plain City, uh, Ohio, for a 9 a.m. start with the Ohio State Antique Tractor Pullers on Sunday all darn day. Just outside Columbus. Just outside Columbus. <laughs> no, so. that's, that's Tom Hurley and Ben Holthouse and their group, their big Thresherman's Poll. We're going to go down there yeah, and announce that. And that's, uh, Columbus is what, about four and a half, four hours from us? Four and a half, it's, roughly. It's about four, yeah. Not bad, 75, 23 on into Columbus. I, I, so. I, I mapped, Google mapped it uh, uh, today, and from Minden City to Plain City, where the track is, it's it's four and a half hour drive. Oh, that ain't so nearly not, as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's not horrible. But. And considering we got an hour to come down just to drop my vehicle off, so that's only basically an hour and a half into Ohio, so that ain't bad at all. We'll do what we can. And then uh, next week, uh, we got Tuesday and Wednesday for the uh, St. Clair County 4-H Fair. 4-H and Youth Fair, one of our favorite events. Sounds like we're going to be doing some live work there. That is the plan. Sweet. Yep. So um, Details will be coming forward on that, What what which we're going to do for Tuesday and Wednesday. Yep. Uh, hop on the Facebook page. I know Nick and I talked some preliminary plans on uh, what we want to do one night. Now, don't hold it to this because it is pending um data service out there yes, for us via the cell phones and uh hopefully mine works because i've got the best plan as far as being able to hotspot data without us breaking the bank so but stay out look at our facebook page if you haven't liked and followed us by now what the hell are you waiting for sidetracked with armstead and poach on facebook and uh we'll keep you guys posted on there and where to find it yep so but yeah Gonna be a busy weekend. I'm Minden. The Saturday program keeps getting longer and longer and yeah. longer because they've added an unlimited charger DOT tire diesel truck class. Uh, Evan Booms, who is gonna be with us in the studio tonight, is instead meeting with the Lions up there to try and get a COTPC rules 2.5 class for Saturday night. It could extend it even a second 2.5 class. Second 2.5 class. And we're going to move on. And I did hear a rumor and about an exhibition pass at Minden City. I don't know which night, though. You'll have to fill me in during the break because we can't disclose that stuff over a microphone all the time. So This one might be worth it. Well, we'll make them wait till the end of the show. Okay. If they don't fall asleep beforehand, which has been known to happen. Yeah. It's our voices. I mean, what do you what I, do I've you never actually fallen asleep. What you are you came talking about? damn close two weeks ago, so don't even yeah, go there. <laughs> before, we're done, before we're done with this one, it might be me. <laughs> the worst part is I really could have used this week off because I've got a lot going on for the Burville Tractor Pole Friday. 
because I guess I'm Nathan Drob and I are the main promoters for this one. And we can't even go to our bullpen this week to do it because I'm a Burville Lions member. Nathan Drob's Burville Lions member. And Carl Cross is a Burville Lions member. The only one of the team who actually does the main portion of the show. I mean, Nick is, of course, our sound engineer, but he doesn't give much commentary other than smart aleck remarks here and there. Somebody's got to do it. But our all our, stand, all our our bullpen's empty. There's nobody other than us to do it this week. Lesson here, kids. Business 101. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, at least... Three or four extra baskets. Yeah. <laughs> so we are taking applications and they, and they are, for... They four. are rotten eggs. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> so we are taking applications for a four, third string runs. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely an ensemble cast around this place. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we need to start taking lessons from uh, that guy who might be doing a show called Behind the Hauler within the next seven years. And just take a week off every once in a while and do a rerun. Yeah, well, and well, next week that's going to happen because we're going to be live and in living color at the track. Yeah. So, or you could just do an entire do what he did and do an entire year's worth of shows and then just live on that for six months. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one way to do it. <laughs> so let's roll on to How our favorite Dave segment. Fultz of shit. <laughs> If our sound engineer could pull the soundboard back up for a minute. He forgot the news. Can you at least play the news drop for me? Because I miss it. Did, I don't know. Did we have any breaking news other than that? Well, yeah. I mean, the addition of the hot hot diesel to well, Minden, that was breaking news our, this afternoon. And that's courtesy of Tony Burkhardt. Boy, look at those trees fly. I was going to say, let's go. I'm going to go have a cigarette once we get no, done with the next segment. No, 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 you're not. Storm's here. <laughs> You, ah, you can't. You can't. We're tying. We're tying a rope around your ankle in case you yeah. wash away. <laughs> Good luck keeping that cigarette lit with that poor solid <laughs> ring. I noticed he didn't say "gonna blow away" because, well, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna take short more than of an F three tornado. I don't think there's gonna be much to move my ass around. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good part. Our own, our studio is its own tornado shelter. <laughs> Just throw the mattress up against the window and we're good. We've been here when we've needed that. Uh-huh. And it was wasn't even for a show. Uh oh, we haven't lost it yet. You were on battery backup, right? Uh, no, that's right. I never got the battery replaced. Uh oh, they're still recording right now, though. Okay, okay, well, <laughs> close call there. Not done yet. Things are getting hairy, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the birthdays in quick. <laughs> so uh, I don't know who all you got this past week. First one I have, you should have too, Charles. Yeah, I probably For, do. Oh, yeah. So uh, birthdays, Bob Niehammer. Yeah, fifty-eight years old. Happy birthday to Bob, president of the Michigan Tractor Pulling Association, uh, the main force behind uh, the Mason. Uh, National Antique Tractor Pull, uh, the Harvest Fest Pull, mm-hmm. and uh, also a good friend, been uh, another uh, great ally for us in the pulling world, and uh, we appreciate him. So happy birthday to you. Saturday is my next one, unless you got one more. I got one on Friday, and there's probably zero chance he listens, but I'll throw it out there. Um, back in, 
date myself. Now, I think it was early 2000s or maybe I think it was early 2000s. Scott Tedder had a uh, had the triple twister chassis yep. that I believe actually has traces its lineage back to the Gertie brothers. Well, that tractor got sold to Italy, and one of the guys who is a partner in that is Max Avanzini. He's 45. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, if Bill Voorhees isn't listening, I mean, <laughs> I really would like to hear us translate it into Italian. It might be interesting. It sounds like a mess. <laughs> you know what? We'll probably see Chris Johnson on Sunday, and we'll have him do rough translations for us. There we go. <laughs> uh, Saturday, I've got one. I know he listens. Chuck Fleming, happy birthday to him. Yeah. Long-time puller, all involved in the mini rods now, so happy birthday to him. I think you got the same one as me for the next one. Oh, yeah. It's still coming down. Go ahead. So you might as well say Mr. It. Kevin McNault has his birthday on Saturday. He's 49, pilot of the Green Energy Super Farm and Co-op E5 Chevrolet and the Via Hot Rods, both with TTPA. I got one for Monday, a big pull fan in his own right, Ed Walker. So happy birthday to him. I did have one for Sunday. You do? Yeah. Mr. Ralph Chamberlain's 57. Oh, man. Legend. Happy birthday, Ralph. I hope he listens. Yeah. Oh, I goofed that up. How'd I do that? Also on Monday, Matt Spillman is 29 and the Spillman Brothers. Oh, yep. Absolutely. Can't forget them. Andy Dutton has his birthday on Monday as well. I think he pulls a limited pro. I'm I, I, I'm up to Wednesday is my next one, so if you got more, uh, keep, no, keep going. Nope, I'm up to Wednesday now. Probably his first one is probably the same one I have. Clay Drenth? Yeah, Clay. Uh, what is it? The Leadfoot uh, 2. Leadfoot 2. Uh, sled operator got to meet him out in Mason for the National Antique Tractor Pulling Association's uh, points championship pull out in Mason this year. Great guy, got you yeah. know. We keep talking about. Did we ever have fun with him? Oh, we totally had fun with him. I, I <laughs> and then that other guy who tagged along, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that other guy tried to convince the waitress that they were married. <laughs> you know, way to go, Bob. <laughs> I, we could have gone to dinner with any number of pullers yeah. that day. I think we picked the right ones. Oh, go. God. Yeah. <laughs> Bob the Burger. I couldn't hardly finish dinner. I was in stitches the whole time. Oh, it was it was bad the whole day. So uh, let me see here if I got any more for once. That's it for the week for That's me. It for me. So uh, happy birthday to everybody. Oh, we do have oh, one. Oh, we do have one. You goofed up. Well, no, not really. I didn't have it on my thing. I didn't even know about it. No, but you got messaged about it. I did. Okay, well, I goofed up then. Randy Bennell had his birthday July 5th, and uh, we goofed up and forgot. Sorry. A couple times. So, happy birthday, Randy. You haven't had a chance to meet the guy yet. He no. is really cool. Him and his wife are uh, the main force behind the pulling track down in Tilbury that I visit on a semi-regular basis, and uh, great guy. Loads of fun to hang around with. Always got a good laugh behind him. So happy birthday, Randy. Your son uh, made sure we uh, wish you a happy birthday. And now, Nick, did you ever find me some Barry White music? I forgot. I'm sorry. Let's see if we can get something cute up here. I mean, you're, it's not for you, Charles. Sorry. No, I know what it's for. You know what it's for. 
and we'll get to it here in a minute. We gotta wait for. Thankfully, we don't have any obituaries, so we can replace it with this. Yeah, new, no this new obituaries. Segment. So, yeah, new segment. It'll be fun. Um, but as always, birthdays, obituaries. Somebody you want to highlight their birthday? Get a hold of us. Somebody passed away in the sport. Let's give them the recognition. Give him his due. Yep. Sidetrack with Armstead and Posh on Facebook. AP at sidetrackpulling.com is our email. That thing we never check. I checked it the other day. Somebody sent us some spam. That was about it. You got something, Nick? Good. So might as well cue up the music, Nick. There we go. So I got an email or Facebook message uh, the other day from a certain person that we hold as a very close dear friend. His wife got a hold of us and wanted to make sure we wished a happy anniversary to Lisa and Andy Gerbach, their uh, anniversary this uh this Saturday, the 16th, so uh, Lisa said, well, you know, you know, we guys, we listen to you guys a little bit, you know. Obsessively. So we want to make sure we put some nice music on for you guys, you know, some Barry White to slow dance to while we uh, talk you, about you guys. When you get a drop of Dave Fultz saying, bounce, go wow, wow, for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, happy anniversary to you guys. Love you guys, Duff. Andy. Can't say enough good about him. Probably our biggest fan of the show. And oh, yeah. He's definitely one of the biggest uh, allies we got out there right now as far as pushing us along. First among equals, he is. Yeah. And you know what? The guy, when, the minute I quit my job, he goes, absolutely great move, you know, and has been willing to back me up and uh, help me out with uh, getting my name out there a little bit. So thank you guys and happy anniversary, Andy and Lisa. Uh, I guess we might as well add a new segment. We can do anniversaries, we can do too. That. Sure. So if uh, you got an anniversary show that you want, just message me like uh, Lisa did and, uh, you know, send it right to my personal or you can send it right to the page. Perfect you know, couple to kick off this this new piece. You know, do. absolutely. Andy, you're a lucky guy because I don't know who's more obsessed about motorsports, Lisa or Andy, because they are pretty yeah. well tied for They're both first place the, there. Yeah. So great for them so with that i think we're done with our news segment yeah i don't have anything else that relates to the news nick you got some news i mean i am fresh out well i'm glad you're bringing a lot to the table this week (laughs) so with that we're going to take a break i'm going to go out in the monsoon try to use my uh zippo lighter and shield my cigarette so i can get some nicotine in me so i can survive the last half of this show because yeah i'm running at out of energy quick i've had two bites of a sandwich all day so with that we're gonna take a break this is sidetracked on pulling radio network life media tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia photography videography live event productions and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance life media can handle it all drew and i trust life media to use years of experience to bring sidetrack to you each and every week isn't it a time that you did the same Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media, 810-689-4151. And we're back with Sidetrack and Armstead and Posh on the Pulling Radio Network. 
main of our program, we've got a couple of different uh, tech pieces we kind of wanted to kick around and show our thoroughgoing ignorance of. Yeah, I kind of been missing our techie bits. We will be back with hookers and blow within the next week or two. I got our next guest nailed down. I just got to get in contact with them, get a date set up, and make sure everything will work. So we're going to get back with hookers and blow shortly. It's just we're in the middle of the season. It makes it tough to get guys nailed down. And once we get this next bit, we can keep rolling on fairly yeah. easily. So. Why don't you get on to our first techie bit? There's some stuff that I ran into this weekend that really got me thinking, and we talked last night about it, and I want to hear what you got up first on the docket, because you got a lot of notes scribbled on that little pad. And actually, most of it pertains to that one specific part that uh, was on a V8 hot rod tractor this this weekend, a composite intake manifold. Yeah, it kind of threw me for a loop. Not going to name names uh, right offhand yet, but... First time I've ever seen a compositor plastic, as far as I'll refer to it. Yeah. Um, intake manifold, and I guess it is just illustrious and amazing and everything's happy. Uh, one of the first major points with it is the heat disposition on yeah. the manifold. You know, you're not, not like an aluminum or a cast or steel even. Uh, runner manifold where you got heat transfer right from the block of course there's plus and minuses there yes sometimes you do need the heat to help atomize the fuel depending on ambient temperatures around but let's face for the most part we're pulling the middle of summer it's hot it's going to be hot anyway and i think really the trade-off in worse atomization versus better density you'd really have the density yeah, and that's what I ran into is they're saying, you know, they made five or ten dyno runs on a thing, and you can still put your hand on the intake. So that right there showed how cool it was keeping, keeping that fuel density up, getting more fuel to the cylinders. And I th- really think that helped di- translate to the dyno numbers I heard. You know, just because that fuel isn't vapor-locking, so to speak, not yeah. boiling in the intake, it's uh, everything's getting down to the cylinders. Nothing's coming back out through the carburetor in one way, shape, or form. So you, it really had me intrigued. And then I also heard it has adjustable uh, dual plane runners inside so you can adjust your, yeah, you know. a different spider in the center. And yeah, so. No, no longer do we have the days where you fill it with epoxy and then get out your grinder. Yeah, and that, you know, or buy two or three different intakes from Metal Brock and hope one works the best. No, now you just pull the cart. You, it's a two-piece yeah. uh, intake, so you can pull everything apart and adjust that so you can get your optimal torque and horsepower numbers out of it. That intrigued me immensely, is just the ability to get in there and actually do adjustments on an intake. I think that's the first time I've ever been told that. That you can, you know, that I'm, you can adjust your intake, and it's like, yeah, well. I've heard of various different drop-in venturis and stuff that sits underneath the carb over time, but most of it has always been done with literally, literally you epoxy the thing up and then start hogging it back out the shape you want it to be. So this is the first time I've seen that there's something that's drop-in and ready to go. Yeah, no, and it, it's really going to bring a change to the pulling world. I mean, now that you got this new new uh, material being utilized in the sport kind of makes you wonder 
is it going to stay around or are we going to have the good old boys club come around and say, sorry, no, can't do it. Can't beat it, ban it. Who knows? Yeah. I think it's made by Airflow Research. It's called the Titan Intake. And there's three different ones. Um, there's now, actually, in the last, this, the original product has been out for, I think it debuted in about 2011. Um, but they now have it in, in a dual plane. There is a uh, four and five eighths inch single plane and a five and a half inch single plane. Um, which is basically their their full race setup, and it's the cool part about the two piece in it is the bottom plate will completely seal off the the lifter valley, and also the um, it ties in the the water passages, so you don't have to drain water or worry about oil contamination when you want to monkey around with with this uh, intake. Pretty cool uh, way they got that design. Yeah, sounds like somebody put some time and research into it. And uh, kind of makes you wonder how long before you see some of the major manufacturers pick it up. I know it's not a cheap piece. No, they're I, uh, retailing with Summit and Jegs for five hundred eighty-one bucks right now. Yeah, that's, that's about, why I heard about six hundred bucks. Yeah, for it. two to two hundred and fifty more than aluminum. Yeah, you. I mean, let's face it. Anymore, you can go to a you know, AutoZone and pick up an Edelbrock dual plane intake. Yeah, I you mean, know. you can get the Jegs No Name one for like one hundred and eighty-nine bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, the price is up, but, I mean, there's going to be, uh, there's the advantages there to it, and I'm excited to see. Now, are they making it for all three major manufacturers? Is this simply just for the small block Chevrolet right now? Only for the Chevy and only for the 23-degree heads. Really? Yeah. So, they're not even touching the technology that most of the major or top V8 pullers are running right now with the 14 degree heads. Yeah, no, at this time it's only with the 23 degree. Um, yeah, it's more expensive, 30% better heat rejection. It's about seven pounds lighter than aluminum. Um, I found a couple different dyno tests on 383s and 410s and the, the tallest one seems to be worth 30 to 40 horsepower. Oh, wow. Um, so peak not necessarily across the range. Well, actually, they there was one study where they they looked at it across the range. It was about 30, 30 horsepower across the range over aluminum, a comparably ported aluminum one. So there's something in there. Yeah, there's something to be found here, and I mean, kind of makes you wonder when we're going to start seeing some more components going to a composite material. I've wondered why we haven't seen like valve covers and oil pants and stuff like that. You know, it, for a that, long time. That was my main thought: is valve covers. How easy you can get? There's no pressure. There's no nothing. Yeah. All it does is sit over it. You know, and I'm sure there is products like that out there. But yeah, an oil pan. I mean, w- when you're in the game of shaving weight, mm-hmm. anytime you can get rid of a metallic form. I mean, we saw it right away with the detonator. Yeah. Carbon fiber body panels. Just to shave weight. I mean, guys have been going to aluminum for a long time. Plastic for many, many years has been cost prohibitive. Fiberglass is where it would be. And uh, prices on various, you know, resins and carbon fiber weave and even autoclaves have come down where small parts like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there's maybe that's a future sidetrack production. We we start making them. <laughs> Let's edit this section out. <laughs> we don't want to give away all our trade secrets right off the bat. But no, I mean... That future may be closer than you know. <laughs> right? You know, we got to make money somehow. I mean, I don't know how much I'm going to make snow plowing this year. So if I got to bake parts, I'll bake parts. But, you know, exact, you know, simple parts like that. But, I mean, let's face it. As far as you were looking for years, 
the most plastic would be on there would be maybe a fuel fitting or you know a spacer block between the carburetor yeah you know that's kind of where it sat for years and you know now uh now we're seeing this stuff come i mean small engines have run plastic carburetors for many years maybe we start seeing some shave weight shaved by plastic bowls on a metallic body or things like that you know i mean the possibilities are endless and you know there's going to be people saying oh no you can't do that well they said that about a lot of things right it never hurts to try one thing that i was and actually i will point out this thing does come with bosses for nitrous so ooh. and the knock seemed to be in the drag race community on this thing is what happens when it backfires and oh you know two-piece manifold now it'll be 15 pieces <laughs> Whereas the metal one won't do that. Well, yeah, well, if the metal manifold doesn't blow apart, you're just transferring that energy somewhere else, and you're still breaking a lot of stuff. Yeah. So that doesn't, that's pogwash. But I'd rather have the give and the intake. Yeah, but the question I've got about it is, again, being in this composite, depending on what types of fuel you're using, is there potential risk from corrosive properties from the fuels? Yeah, and then see that addressed. You know, and the first thing that comes to mind would be a high ethanol base or... Uh, just regular alcohol base. Alcohol yeah. is very corrosive, and uh, that's where you really got to start worrying about stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really see that aspect addressed in any of the homework I did on and it. And I'm but. sure they've done some sort of research oh, on it. I yeah. mean, they're Doubtless. not just going to put it out there like that. And you know, I'm I'm kind of curious if somebody knows more on this. Get a hold of us. Let us know. You know, we want to learn as much as we can on this stuff. We don't want to just sound like. The blabbering idiots we normally are on here. No, we want to make sure we're bringing to you the most knowledgeable uh, insights as we can. You know, we're not going to be experts on everything, but we like to make sure we got our fingers in it and just enough to get ourselves in trouble. So yeah, and that actually goes even beyond the fuel too, because you're going to have oil exposure and water passing through it too. And that I don't think you'll see an issue with, because I mean, look at the automotive industry. Radiators have plastic tanks they on have, them for yeah. years. That's true. And, you know, oil parts, they've had plastic oil fittings and all that for how long, too? Couplers and things like that. So I really don't think you're going to see that issue. But maybe under a high-stress environment, on the other hand, there might be some difference. And also you're getting into, you know, higher-grade oils, which is a segment I know we want to get into sometime. Yeah. And it's probably going to be a dry, boring segment, but it's going to be full of knowledge, and we got a guy lined up for that, and we really would like to do that segment sometime soon. But, you know, get we getting into the different oil properties and, you Maybe know. Some exotic synthetics out there or something. Yeah, I mean, you you start looking at a good Sempico or Lucas or Brad Penn, whatever, you know, Royal Purple, you get into the high-grade uh, oils like that. Now, you got different additives in there how's that gonna affect it yeah so yeah a lot to look into on this and uh we're gonna i think i'm gonna keep uh tabs on this one just to see because i think you're gonna see some more guys picking it up and whether or not it has longevity in the sport yet to be determined but who knows once one of the major manufacturers picks it up you know we'll know it's golden so i'll cue the breaking news music oh 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 this just in from the Minden City Lions. There will be an, a, a, a COTPC MTTP style rulebook 2.5 diesel truck class added on Saturday night. 
Well, thank God we got nowhere to be on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might have to switch off driving. We <laughs> Somebody's going to have to sleep while the other one drives for a while. I think that's how it's going to have yeah. to go at the rate we're going. So, yeah, another class added now for Saturday night, Minden City. Um, we'll have to get that up on Facebook here. If shortly. you are out there, start buying uh, stock in Coca-Cola and uh, other energy drink companies. Because, yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot consumed on Sunday just to get us through this. Oh, boy. We'll have to go to the old Red Wings standby. Uh, Pedialyte and bananas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds um, delicious. Hey. It got the Red Wings to many a Stanley Cup doing that over the Avalanche and that, you know. When you had game... For those who don't follow hockey, we're going to get sidetracked here for a second. Normal games, you get one overtime period during the regular season. After that, it goes out to a shootout, which has become much more prevalent in my, you know, and since the last lockout, it's yeah. become super prevalent. I think it was part of the last collective bargaining deal yeah no more ties they yep. gotta figure it finalize it but now when you get into the playoffs it's sudden death and you it's go death. until you drop dead and uh the red wings for many years you know they everybody you get burned out you got you know you could have three four overtime games per series i remember some nights yeah I'd, oh be, yeah they'd be 2 30 in the morning and they're in like a fourth overtime going could somebody just score please you've played two whole games now <laughs> exactly and uh finally uh the trainers for the red wings went i don't know if they went to u of m or one of the you know they went to some major medical people and go what what can we do to keep the legs under these guys because they're just burning off calories and burning off energy you know quicker than we can get it back in them in the period of a game and what they decided was children's pedialyte and bananas to keep the potassium in there bananas break down really quick and get into your system quick so that's how they won many games for quite a while till guys figure you know till other teams figured it out you know that regular gatorade isn't cutting it no they went to pedialyte and bananas to get on top and Got him quite a few Stanley Cups by doing it. Pedialyte from I mean I've got kids, so of course I've tasted it. This stuff I, is unbelievably sweet. I was gonna say, do you do you drink that first and chase it with a banana, or do you eat the banana and then slam the pedialyte? <laughs> e- either way, that's a whole lot of sugar oh, in one shot. Feel my teeth rotting just thinking. No wonder they give the babies; they don't have teeth yet. <laughs> Tune in next week to know what sidetracks results are for that question. Yeah. So instead of drinking Budweiser this week, we're on freaking baby formula now. <laughs> I, I really feel like next week we have to get a bunch of bananas and a bottle of Pedialyte. You might not make it till next week. It might be Sunday yeah. <laughs> on the way in. But uh, so that was our sidetrack segment for you. If we're here live <laughs> on the uh, Pulling Radio Network somewhere in the that universe on Tuesday at Goodles, you know we got through. <laughs> Yeah, God, it's gonna be, and it's this is our first weekday poll we've had yet so far. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, until we're getting to the heart of the Wait, season, we're kind of deep into the. We're getting season. there. We're almost the halfway mark. Actually, yeah. uh, Goodles will be roughly the halfway mark as far as calendar wise. Yeah. As far as schedule wise, we're not there yet. No, no August is slammed. 
the end of August as pulling density for us particularly. Oh. Eight pulls, eight days. Yeah. Announcing. And it's actually ten pulls, ten days. Yeah. There's some... Bowling s- green. Serious amounts of traveling going on there. I... I'm going to change you all in the old 6.5 and give her a little Lucas and go, come on, girl, we got places to go because it's not going to be pretty. So what was the next techie stuff we had? I know we got into something. We touched on it a little bit with the cylinder heads themselves. Yeah, and that's something I want to touch on. You know, the talk for a long time was the difference between aluminum heads and cast heads. Of course, the aluminum have better heat transfer, things of that nature, ease of porting, things of that versus the cast easier to machine um but you're getting to something in the pulling world that's come about what in the last four or five years really is spark plug angle yeah they're starting to mess with them and and actually they they really were messing with them in the aluminum but now they're starting to make them in cast yeah and you heard us reference earlier the 23 degree head and the 14 degree head and we're not talking about how it meets up to the block or how it meets up to the injector, the uh, yeah, the injector, but the um, intake. No, we're actually talking spark plug angle. Is what I've been told. If I you, no, it's pretty uh, good sorry. picture. No, reading on the two five thing for oh. men. Um, yeah, no, actually, it had to do with uh, um, valve angle off of perpendicular yes, to it. a cylinder bore. And the original GM small block from 1955 was a 23 degree head, so that's endured for the longest time. But now you're starting to see heads emerge that are uh, much more steeply canted. Um, 18s were popular. I think most of the Chevy LSs yes. are 18 degrees. Um, we're seeing 14 degree heads in the V8 hot rod class only because that's the only non-23 that's available in cast iron if you go back to aluminum you can find everything up to i think an eight degree head from various from brodix i think makes an eight degree but the uh the cast iron you can get 14 degree ones from uh, uh rhs and uh pro top line i think was the first one to do it yeah and i mean we're seeing massive horsepower gains just by going the 14 degree heads and let's face it the top runners for thumb are all running that 14-degree head. There's a lot of guys still trying to get by on the 23s, and it's just not quite making the power. And I'm going to be interested to see, you know, the future here, what more we get into the cast iron segment. You know, I mean, we're limited with what we can do as far as rules, and aluminum and that is just not an option right now. So no. what what's going to happen with cast iron? Don't know. What will really be interesting, too, is there is one aluminum-headed tractor in the class, and it is an LS. It hasn't done anything, but the day that it does, I I hate to say it, but you're going to have a lot of LSs start coming out of the woodwork, I think. Yeah, and I... There's some technology crossover I'd like to see done on these guys, and I think they're missing the boat on ignition mainly. I think there's a lot to be found in the crank trigger coil pack setup. I agree with you, but I also like the idea that we've not only kept the lid on it, but main kept the stability. There hasn't, other than the RPM chip change, that engine rulebook hasn't moved in 15 years. Yeah, and that 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 does make things nice. We've talked about with the diesel trucks, the 
you know, constantly changing rule book. And that is all you will hear out of sidetracked as far as reference to the rule book. So if you're hoping to tune in to listen to more, sorry about your luck. That's how I handle that. So, but good. Because I don't want to do what we did all spring. Nope. Nope. Not going to go there. If you want to talk to us about that, come find us in five years. And if you come and ask us in five years, we'll probably come tell you. Come back again in another five five years because there's a lot. But anyways, you know, the stability in a rule book makes it easier to build a puller that you know you're going to have a few, Mm -hmm. you know, at least five years, three years, you know, on that motor before you have to worry about, you know, significant changes. And at that point, you might have enough money stashed away to make them changes and not have an issue. So, no, there's definitely that. But, I mean, there's some stuff I wish I could see change in the rule book just because times are changing, you know, as far as technology and what's available i mean look at nowadays you know ls motors are available for what used to be a 350 chevy price you know to be able to Mm -hmm. swap into stuff we always hear about the ford mustang ls swaps you can do an ls swap with a junkyard motor that runs full harness computer everything for roughly twelve fifteen hundred dollars yeah it is dirt cheap so when do we start saying, hey, guys, you know, 350s, they're still out there. They're still plentiful, but here's another very plentiful motor, you yeah. know, that could be utilized. And maybe there's some cha- rules that need to be put in place to limit them. But, I mean, there's a lot of upward potential there. It's a modern technology being brought to bore. Something to think about, something to kick stones around on. I mean... I'm not saying we absolutely have to do it, but I'd like to see some thought put into it. You know, more than just the one LS we got out there. We got, you know, there's a lot of upward potential out there. And let's face it, the 350, you can get in a crate motor, but it ain't being put in vehicles anymore. No, no. Um, to get back to the valve angle piece of it and why the 14 degrees are better, um, the main reason, at least in the small blocks, the Chevrolets, where the two valves are parallel to each other uh, down the cylinder bores. By standing that valve up, uh, it provides for much more equivalent flow all the way around the 306 degree circumference of the valve itself. So your flow, your really your flow impedance is at the valve. Um, thinking logically, you'd say, well, if you stand the valve up taller, then that air's got to make that much more of a turn coming from the in- intake manifold. And you're right, it does. Um, th- these these straight up valve heads have a much smaller com- uh, chamber at the top, which typically raises compression. While the intuitive mind might say, "Well, look at the Hemi or the big block Chevy, where it's it's canted valves, where that valve angle is shallower. In some cases, probably shallower even than twenty three degrees. It might be twenty five. I don't know what exactly what it is. Um, why does it work in those engines and not the small block?" And, and why can't you raise the, the dome on the piston to get the compression back? It, again, it boils down to the fact that the, the valves are parallel to one another. You run out of bore space, and if you stand them up, your efficiencies come from unshrouding around all of it versus the big block where you, you're canted valves away from each other. And, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want to and then have piston domes. So that's why it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, your chambers are going to be smaller, but you still got a lot of room in that yeah. big thing that moves up and down that cylinder. To gain you, you know, your compression chain, yeah, the chamber's bigger. And there's another argument. What's better? Bigger, smaller chambers. And it all depends on 
which mode, you know, each individual motor. It's not yeah. a set in stone recipe. No, it's not. I think for, you know, the context we're talking about it in for the hot rod pulling tractor where it's just aspirated on gasoline. Yeah. Up to a, up to the detonation threshold, more compression is probably better. Um, you know, in a forced induction or a nitrous engine, no, you're going to want to be, you won't care. You're going to want to be decompressed a little. Yeah. So, so just depends. Yeah. And that's something, you know, I, I don't know much on, I'm really glad we got to talk this segment so I could learn a yeah. little more on it just cause. And it's not as simple as just bolting the 14s on either. Let's be clear about that. It requires a custom intake manifold that's going to match that angle. And it requires way different valve geometry because now you've moved the rocker stands and everything else, and it's expensive. Yeah, pulling's not cheap, contrary no. to popular belief. The only people is the only part of it that's cheap is the people involved. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what else you got on the docket? Um, another thing that uh, I talked about in the ten farm piece i think it was last week i brought it up about uh and it was a conversation i know you weren't here for the show but conversation that you myself and dan deer had on the head on the stand at port hope about you know more horsepower and and cylinder bore versus stroke and we we know from the antique world that big stroker motors in an rpm limited world really do do the job um but evan boom sent me an article by um uh, from the rear Morrison guys who build drag engines, aspirated drag engines, where he likes actually the opposite, big bore, small stroke. And he outlines his reasons why he's right for the engines he's building. But there's a difference there. Yeah. And I'll say it right now. He's not RPM limited. No, exactly. And we've done this before. Buddy of mine even done, I've done it. You know, small block Chevy. 327 crank and a 350 to shorten your throw high yeah. revving engine yeah revs quick less rotating mass less inertia to be built up exactly you know that flywheel effect is dampened a little bit so you can spin it harder piston velocities drop the bigger bore gives you more valve area but that's an engine that's designed to rev gain we're a, not a 2850 pulling engine needs to be at 2850 the whole time and hopefully stay there with plenty of flywheel effect. And the one piece I will maybe admit to, okay, when he's talking about burn rates of the fuel versus um, rod angle to the crank, if you're running a massive stroker crank and the fuel's already burnt, well, now you're actually having the crank pull the piston down rather than pushing it down. Okay, there, there's probably some math you could do to arrive at a point where beyond here, more stroke really isn't doing you anything. But... That's not going to be the case in a 410 limited, you know, diesel engine. No, and we've talked, I, I know we've talked outside of here on this, is the guys with the IHs run the DT360. You got 50 cubes to play with. And, you know, we were talking with Dan Deere, and he goes, you know, bore it out and that, and we said no. And you and I have talked about this, and not taking a 360, but taking a 312. 312 the baby and, motor and stroking it and just put it all into stroke i mean yes you do have to put some into bore because then you run into rod angles where you actually need the clearance on the bottom of the bore to uh clear the rod properly i actually had conversations i've had shouldn't be a problem no same, not on that same, motor same block so it doesn't matter you yeah can, you can you could go out to theoretically 540 before you got to touch the grinder yeah and it's been yeah. done on that motor so 
you know, I mean, our, my thought will still go back to the antique world where we're running, you know, seven, eight, nine John Deere's 10 inch strokes and keeping that motor lugging longer. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I I don't know how much they've really gotten into these 10 farm motors. Ha- haven't really heard much out of the guys. They're pretty tight lipped right now. But I got into a discussion with a puller about the Burville pull. He wanted to know what the RPM limit was on the class because we went to a no-speed limit class. It's not a points class, so we did that. And he goes, well, are you running our MATA rules or are you running TTPA rules? Which the difference is 150 RPM. 3,000 versus 2,850. He goes, I go, he goes, are we able to turn it up? I go, listen, I go, that 150 RPM is not going to make a difference. No. And people probably try arguing this with me. Guess what? I've got an answer for you already. When you build a motor, your cam is designed for optimal RP, optimal torque and optimal horsepower at a specific RPM point on each parameter. And if you, or told if you, you got one really good, you can get them pretty close to matched. But turning it up beyond that, look at your dyno sheets. Your horsepower curve normally starts dropping back off. Same with your torque curve. So you're not gaining anything, and you're spinning them parts harder unnecessarily. You're not gaining horsepower. You're not gaining speed because guess what? 150 RPM through a drive line really does not translate to crap. No, my issue, and again, I could maybe be accused of being a bit petty because oh, it's only 150 RPM difference, but we're seeing these guys make enough power now that they're really slipping clutches at 2850. There isn't anything in the spec about SFI clutches or flywheels. 3,000 for me, it's a no-go unless you guys are going to start putting SFI stuff in your bell housing. I just, I can't countenance it. Absolutely. From a safety standpoint, yes. But, you know, just coming from a pure power standpoint, your motor is cammed for specific RPM. And, you know, I was talking with a guy, I can't remember who it was offhand. And he goes, you know, I spin my motor hard. But he goes, the moment the load puts on it, it just drops down to like 1,800 RPM, and it holds that RPM. Because that's what you I go, get your spec that's to. what your cam is spec to. You might spin it hard, but that cam is going to be happy at that specific mm-hmm. RPM. It's not going to vary above or below. No, it's designed to carry a load at that point. That's where your valve duration lift things of that is optimized for is to run at that specific rpm when you're building a motor yes the crank is important yes your pistons and all that is important but the most important part going in is that bump stick Mm -hmm. because that bump stick will make or break you every time yeah you can get away with a smaller throw crank or a little less dome on your pistons or a little bit more of a bowl you can get by it it's gonna hurt you a little bit on horsepower but if your cam's off, you're done. You're done. You're you're done. done. There's no saving that. No, we got a guy. We got a guy in V8 Hot Rod this week changing cams because he doesn't like how it comes off the line. Yeah. So, you know, it, it that bump stick has a lot of technology, a lot of time, and honestly, out of all the part rotating mass and different components that are put into a pulling tractor, 
honestly the most time and technology that's been put out there right now has been between turbochargers and cam technology your valve trains where it's been at lately and for cams it's always been that way going back 50 years looking look at drag racing back in the early days who were the big sponsors other than the oil company it was the cam grinders yep and it still is today crane comp you see them out there everywhere you know you look at the cam stuff i mean solid rollers hydraulic rollers you know the anything and everything because that is where everything is you know we got guys who are putting in a cam right now uh hoping to get out in their class and they're not happy with what they got they tried going and doing an off the shelf uh or they didn't want to go off the shelf they wanted a one-off cam and something we've seen now coming in the diesel 2.5 world with some is alternate firing order engines yeah you know, trying to smooth them pulses out, the flow between the runners and things like that, getting that airflow optimized where, yeah, because guess what? GM built that motor or Ford built that motor not to go pulling and build horsepower. No, it was built to run and last the longest. And I'll even make a note on some train stuff here. I don't know if I had you read the book or not. I got a book on uh, Alco Locomotives. And they were demonstrating their RS24 locomotive. This was going to be the latest and greatest. And one, and the story is written on this technical engineer that had to go around with these locomotives, you know, on a tour with all the different railroads in case something broke or, you know, go kind of give you the sales pitch guy. And at one point he talks, they had to send it off to, I believe, one of the Santa Fe railroad shops to get the cams it's a four-piece cam in the motor, 16-cylinder, to get the cam swapped out and changed because they're finding too much pressure on the bear, the main bearings. They're having main bearing failures. So just by changing the timing order, firing order on the via the cam, they were able to save, you know, get a lo- lot longer longevity motor. So the same thing equates over in pulling. Maybe there's something to be found by firing you know, number two in a different position, you know? There could be. Um, it's been something that's been done in, actually in the, in the nitro drag class is pretty common to see the 4.7 swap. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody. In, but I, there was a guy in pulling who did do it in V8 Hot Rods. Um, Jason Hale had a swapped engine in his tractor. Okay. Uh, back whatever. It's been, he's been out of it now five or six years. But Jason Hale had a swapped firing order engine. Yeah, I mean, it's thoughts. I mean, how we've seen, even seen out there in the drag world, reverse flow engines. Yeah. Where they draw in through the exhaust side and everything comes out the intake side. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just because it comes from the factory like that doesn't mean it's the best. And actually, we've, as far as technology and that's involved, one person I had a long discussion with this on is Mark Osborne. Yeah. On turbocharger technology. You know, then he doesn't believe there's gains to be made because the factory's already optimized everything. Well, there's a lot of aftermarket technology. Yeah, the I think, I think folks at Garrett and Precision and Hart and lots of other places might argue that point. Yeah, but you know, it's it's something. You know, I understand his point too. Is why is GM going to dump this much money into a motor and not have it at its ultimate max? Well, because they can't afford to CNC every single wheel. Yep, exactly. So, that's, uh, there's my little 
stories there for you. I even got trains in this week. God, it's good to be back. <laughs> but I, I still found that interesting that literally they took the cam apart in different pieces and just rotated them to make them work. I go, that's just goofy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice to do that on a small block? Just go, eh, we want number two firing now, so I'll pull it apart here and repin it. And <laughs> Pull it apart, give a little twist. <laughs> right. It's Legos or something. <laughs> yeah. If it could keep it from the higher RPM flexing that it does with all the massive spring pressures and everything they're doing these days, and high ratio rockers, keep it from snapping. It'd be, it would be cool, though. <laughs> so when, well, are we, when are we going to go to actually here? Let's, let's blow this one up a little farther. Ooh, I think I know where you're talking. Screw cams. How about pneumatic? Carl Cross and I talked about this. And not just pneumatic, but even electric pulse and valves. Yeah. Yep. Something. Then you can can set timing literally for each individual valve. Yeah. And actually, I think uh, Carl was showing me something. He did find stuff on uh, variable injectors like that. Mm -hmm. Revenge of the nerds. (laughs) Hey, we're getting a little techie. You might actually like this part. (laughs) But not only that, okay. Not only, you know, that one might be a little farther off, but something we already see in vehicles right now, variable cams. Yeah, I see the rules probably clamp on that one, which would preclude the pneumatics idea as well, or hydraulic or however you want to do it, H-E-U-I, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, that yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of the, darn near every pulling engine out there now has an adjustable cam gear on it. Yeah, you got to pull the cover and still do it yourself, but it can be done. But yeah, you know, you can do it like cars nowadays where literally they're turning cylinders on and off via, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can do, uh, you know, a variable cam where actually I've seen some of them where the technology is actually the cam via hydraulic pressure slides out to a different portion of the ramp yeah, for it to follow, you know, to change the lift or change the duration. You know, it's actually... A multi-profiled lobe that just by varying the hydraulic pressure that that lifter hits on a different spot and changes your timing yep so i mean there's a lot of technology out there yeah rules preclude it yeah it can get very cost prohibitive quick but it would kind of be just cool to see some of the stuff you know like an overhead valve pro stock tractor oh wait well, we can't talk about that one. We know where one is. We can go see what's left of it. Um, I've heard more. And we'll leave it at that. So, yeah, we might get in trouble with that one. <laughs> eh. Wouldn't be a first. We just wanted to let it. We just won't let them in the country. Right. So, so what problem? What's the problem? Well, they don't pull anymore anyways. So well, there you go. So, anything else left on that sheet? Other than my tease from earlier about the test puller that may arrive on Minden City, but I don't know, Friday or Saturday night. Well, you got our attention. You got the board. I mean, we got a little it's extra a, time, but I'm not really worried today. I think we're all worn out. Beautiful. Are the beach guy. Beautiful segue mentioning a pro stock because that's I managed to pull is. a 10-hour day before going to the beach. That's cute. 10 hours. Remember, remember that 10-hour mark? Yeah, I remember exactly what I was doing. Nothing. Looking at my watch and thinking, I got two more to go. I don't remember the 10-hour mark because I was busy mowing lawns. 
What time did you start your 10-hour day? 3 a.m.? Because I saw you about 5.30. <laughs> yep. I got home at 5. <laughs> Anyways, so... Rumor has it, and this came from one of the promoters, that uh, we might see Preparation H back out. That would be interesting. Last I heard, it was in pieces. Last picture I saw, yeah, there was no engine in that thing. So interesting. Hopefully we see the Harmons come out with that. We Sounds like we're going to have a lot of cool iron up there Saturday for certain. With, you know, when the diesel trucks start making their way. And uh, some faces we haven't seen yet this year. Looking forward to seeing them. Sounds like with the uh, the late-breaking 2.5, you'll, we'll be able to see uh, Fink Beaner will be up, and uh, we'll get to see Nasty Hooker. Fink Beiner. Yeah, I just keep doing that, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, Shelby will come and castrate you over that one. No, no, she won't. You want to bet? Yes. She's vicious. <laughs> so is Tanya. She'd be even madder if I got castrated, so... Wait, you already are. No, they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> not be not used, but they're there. <laughs> Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Wow, finally we had the perfect segue for that one. That was great. <laughs> About time the sound engineer woke up. <laughs> so I don't have anything more unless, Nick, you got some tech-savvy stuff you want to throw at us. Yeah, nothing all that exciting. But, actually, we do. You got to uh, at least see the electric pullers. What did you think? Uh, that's some uh, pretty cool stuff he's putting together. Um, I was impressed. It was uh, very interesting to see uh, where, where he continues to take that. And uh, if anyone else uh, joins on with his uh, crazy little scheme that seems to be working very, very well. Kind of makes me want to just go get a chassis and just see what we can do i kind of do if if i had the money laying around i'd do it <laughs> well, that sounds like things he's not terribly invested either yeah, yeah no they actually didn't look like they'd be outrageously expensive to build no he's really not and you got to watch the big boy run i got to see both of them run yeah you did and the big boy is just crazy yeah that how quick it runs i've never seen a pull i've seen it physically but i've never seen it pull oh you're missing out well Fortunately, you're going to get to see it in Smith's Creek when you come help me announce. Although I have to say, it is the strangest pull with a vehicle that just makes a slight whirring noise as it hauls you, the sled down, weaving behind it. All you hear is the chassis. You can, you can hear the hum of the motor rotating. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, you actually hear more of the tires on the dirt. Yeah, yeah. But you, you do the whirring. Yeah, you had, to, right. you had to listen for the vehicle over the sound of the road. Yeah, I was, you know, we're sitting there announcing, we're waiting for it, and then all of a sudden you'd hear it start coming. Oh, I guess we're going now. And it's like, wow, you know. And it's gone. (laughs) So, yeah, cool to have Darren. I know we're going to have him back on sometime, too, to talk more electric stuff, because that is still still my favorite segment. He's still working on and stepping the program up, sounded like, so there's more more to tell. Yeah, no, this guy's a whiz with electrical, and... Uh, Nick got to see his little portable uh, speaker towers he made. Yeah, well, he said he just modified them. Yeah. Uh, they, they came from somewhere else, but those were uh, those, those were pretty slick little setup. Yeah, it was, it's on a hand truck with a car battery, and he made his own antenna for it. Mm. Yeah, there's a little wireless, must be a wireless receiver and an amplifier in this little gray box, hmm. a car battery, and a pole coming up off the hand truck with two horns. Interesting. Just roll it out of the trailer, set it where they want it, flip the switch. 
and they work good. You do get a slight buzz out of them, but I think that's just the that, that's because it's the wireless. You know, it's wireless is yeah. the biggest issue we there. We might want to talk to him about the possibility of renting that for Greatly's Classic and put it at the far end of the pits. The range isn't that good, but it it seemed to have limited range and power. But for a small pull like what it was doing, it was it's literally the perfect solution. Some we're, we'll talk to him on that yeah. and talk to the club because that is from the club. So I think we're gonna call an early night. What do you guys think? I'm game. All right. Once again, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, been a blast. Great to be back. My name's Armstead. My name is Poge. Please stay tuned to the Facebook page so you can find out where to find us live on Tuesday and Wednesday. My name is Meyer. Good night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out.